0: This is Chicago's College
1: Tailgate. It's Tailgate with Shea Nordic and Tyler Ackes. and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Welcome in to Chicago's College Tailgate, the recap podcast. Coming at you a little bit later than usual. Usually we'll Why spit is these out on Mondays. I, I was out at a wedding in North Carolina. Really, it was a a wedding trip. It, it was a golf trip masquerading as a wedding trip. Um, I went down to the great state of North Carolina, played lots of golf, had a wedding on Sunday as well. So uh, I, I was flying during some of the the late window of college football, but I got back. I, I probably logged back into the college football day about halftime of, of Louisville and Notre Dame. So <laughs> you didn't miss so a I ton. Yeah, I didn't miss a ton. I saw my my Syracuse Orange get absolutely curb stomped by by North Carolina, <laughs> Drake May, well, uh, he is, he is something. He is, is something. He is can he play football. Um But yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was a great time down in North Carolina. Uh, this is not college football related, but
0: mm-hmm. I am, uh, despite being a fall wedding guy, my mm-hmm. anniversary <laughs> is in October. I am anti-fall wedding for other people. Mm-hmm. Like I planned mine around the bye week of Michigan State and it was on a Saturday. Shrewd move. You had a Sunday wedding in the fall and mm-hmm. I need to know how you navigated the football aspect of this.
1: Okay. Because that was a pretty good NFL slate on Sunday. It was. And the guy that I went down there with, he is a Jets fan. So the Jets were in that late window playing the Broncos. So we we watched the entire, because the wedding wasn't until 4.30 local time, which is the 3.30 central time. Um, So I didn't miss anything in the noon window. It was great. Just kicked back, red-zoned it the entire day. Beautiful. Like, no issues there. It gets dicey at around 3.45 local time. When we're like, all right, this wedding starts at uh, 4.30. But we go to the, they, they have like a little wedding website. And there's a countdown. And the countdown strikes zero at 4. So oh, we're no. thinking to ourselves, oh no. What do we do here? Are we going right now? Are we going to just... Go by the wedding invite that says 430. How the hell did we even find this countdown in the first place? Where was this earlier? <laughs> well it, Our minds are going in a million different places. So like, all right, we're just going to go to the parking lot and just stream it on our phone until and, and like kind of okay. gauge what, what the setup's like when we get there. We get there. We're pretty much the first ones there.
0: Oh, no. Because we get there at
1: 4. Is this a
0: church, or is this...
1: So, no, it's like a... It was like a barn that got turned into a wedding venue. It actually was... No, no, no. It was actually pretty cool. Um, So, we're just in the parking lot, kind of slowly taking our time. We're watching the end of the the noon window. So, all right. We're all good there. Didn't miss anything... Good. ...too spectacular there. Um, 430 window. Now, the wedding ceremony starts at 430. Right as the the games are kicking off, there. So we missed. I, I, ceremony probably went like thirty ish minutes. Um, not terrible. But then it long. gets into a cocktail hour, um, and you can't be the one on your phone there. Why? It, n- was it, this a no TV scenario? It was. A, it was an extremely no TV. It was a barn. It was an extremely no TV scenario. See, it's not right. But it would have felt. It, I would have felt very awkward pulling out my phone to uh, watch a game. Now, it would have, like, we were score-checking a little bit, yeah. so it wasn't a a huge deal. Like, okay, whatever, you missed the first half of a couple of of the the 430 games, whatever. Um, But then when we sat down for dinner, the most ideal of situations happened. One guy sitting at our table was an NFL writer for the New York Times. So he's got two phones out. Red Zone on one, just kind of bouncing around to other games on the other. Um my buddy that was there with me, he's got his phone out. He's streaming Red Zone. I've got my phone on the Jet game for him. That's fantastic. So it was I mean we had That's a four, beautiful setup. four screens at the table. It was fantastic. Who
0: are these people that a, an NFL writer for the Times is going down to a wedding on he, a
1: Sunday? He so he says he got the, the day off, but he really didn't get the day off. He was just, he just, I well, have, to, we have to be know, notified of what's going on.
0: We know in the fall, even if you get days off, they're not days off. Right. It, this is money-making time. you got to mm-hmm. be watching the football. I still stand by my take that it's disrespectful. Are these people from North Carolina? Did yes. they grow up there? Yes. Let's see, because Charlotte, they don't have fans. There aren't Panthers fans. They don't well, exist. Here's the funny thing. He's a
1: panther season ticket his family's a panther season ticket holder
0: what yeah and he's
1: getting married on an NFL Sunday yeah. mm-hmm. uh, this guy
0: was it it's got to be the wife's decision right the if bride I, was like listen we're taking a Sunday getting ma-
1: I would imagine
0: yes Sunday weddings should be illegal anyway it's a ridiculous day Except to get married for like
1: Labor Day Memorial Day it's fine what time did dinner end? If the wedding started at 4.30, it was a
0: half hour. You got a cocktail hour. I'm guessing you didn't eat until 7. No. Well,
1: everything was pretty quick. Like, they kind of ushered us out of there at a a decent hour because it was a Sunday. it's a Sunday. It's a Sunday. It's a ludicrous day to get married. So, So, were people getting drunk? What is the party atmosphere like? It it was not a big-time party atmosphere. And, and listen, like, for my purposes of football watching, fine with that. Had early tea time the next day, fine by me. So, I got home and... I would say I caught probably 80 to 85% of Sunday night football too. Oh, that's pretty good. So, that's I a terrible game. It was a terrible you game. I caught 0% but, of it. You would have been fine. Yeah, but uh I at least wanted to see the Niners cuz like so good. E- even though like like if the Cowboys were good, I just wanted to see like whatever team came out on top, I wanted to see them functioning against the opposition in that game. Fair. So, um seeing the Niners operate like that was awesome. They're but yeah, so I caught good. I caught maybe even ninety percent of the game. I'm trying to think of how much I really missed. So overall, good experience. The overall, Sunday wedding
0: navigated it perfectly. Fine. Good for you. Yeah. I was worried. I didn't know if you were going to be
1: able to get I through. I would say it the cleanly. only the only thing I really cared about missing was the uh, Vikings Chiefs game. That's yeah. re- that's really the only thing I feel kind of out of the loop because especially with because the here's the thing: the Times writer is like, "Oh yeah, Travis Kelsey just tore his ACL," and we're sitting there like. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are the, where are the Swifties going now? Um, my go wife
0: ahead. and I were talking about it in real time because, like, she's a Swiftie, right. so she's deeply invested mm-hmm. in tra- And as soon as he goes down, before I even react, my wife is going, oh no, oh no. And then he jogs back
1: out and plays the second yeah, half. Yeah, catches so, a touchdown. Oh, good. Right. Uh, I mean,. But, yeah, I, I love that the Swifties are now anti turf they, they are learning Thanks. ball. They are learning ball.
0: The Swifties' speed-running football discourse is amazing. I got to say,
1: they, they may be the fastest learners of any human species well, out there. Because they're invested. So I they're know. digging into the they're information. They're overly invested. I'm, it's not even like a Taylor thing. Like, they're invested in Taylor's boyfriend.
0: I'm waiting for the moment. Like, if it ever happens, and it probably won't because they're the fucking Chiefs, but, like, I need the Swifties to have the uh, uh, exposure to, like, being down nine and whether you go for two or not. If I see a Taylor Swift account. Down 14 go go, for two. Right, going, we gotta go for two, scoring down 14. I'm gonna lose my mind. That will be the end of the Swifties speed running NFL discourse.
1: Wait till they learn EPA per play.
0: Oh, (laughs) dude, it's gonna be. Travis Kelsey, you should just target him 15 times a game. His expected points added per target.
1: I would lose my shit. It would be amazing. It would be the greatest thing to happened to football, I think. All right. should we'll get into the, the college football here because it was a, a, a fun day of college football. It's we been saw... a good string of weeks here. Dude, this has been one of the most fun seasons, and it's all thanks to the Pac-12, in my opinion. It is, like, uh, or I would say, like, mostly in part because of the Pac-12 sw- swan song here that we're going through. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll get to, to USC and all that, but let's start with the Red River rivalry because this was the game of the day. And we saw Oklahoma go out there and make a statement. They've kind of been that team that's been hovering. You've heard their name. They've been hanging in the teens and the early tens for a ranking. And boom, they pop Texas in the mouth out of the gate and end up coming back to win on their final drive of the game. And this, to me, that final drive led by Oklahoma is quintessential Red River rivalry. Go for the touchdown, not the field goal. Yeah, he was beautiful. Fuck your field goals. were going for six. Every single drive out there.
0: You know what else it was? It was Dylan Gabriel's Heisman moment. Mm-hmm. A minute to go, Dylan Gabriel getting the ball, down a field goal, and fire drill drive down the field to win the game. That was, I'll, I'll say it here. I told you yesterday in a text chain, I was just finishing up Captain J. Hood show, and I was telling Cap, you should play this. The I'm finally entering the Heisman market. We talked about it a lot. Are Welcome. We talked about it a lot in the offseason, and I told you I don't like to do it in the preseason because it's just fine. so yeah. much can happen. But now that we have certain data points, I'm willing to get into the Heisman market, and I'm taking Dylan Gabriel. And the reason I'm doing it, not because I think he's going to win, but today— He's twelve to
1: one. Basically, anywhere you look. And we were talking about this a couple weeks ago when he was twenty five to yeah, one, and was, we thought, uh, like, look at his numbers for the year. Like, if he goes out and makes a statement against Texas, he really puts his name on the map. We were ahead of the curve, and now you
0: look at Oklahoma. The rest of the season plays nobody. They're going to be mega favorites in every game until the Big Ten, their Big Twelve title game, when they inevitably see Texas a second time, but the rub is in the Pac-12 where all the Heisman favorites are located except for Drake May who is kind of a little bit behind.
1: His just, numbers aren't as good yeah. as you... The, the yards are there. The touchdowns. I think he has eight touchdowns yeah, it's for the like, year.
0: Like, he's basically got to go nuclear every game the rest of the season and also cannot lose mm-hmm. if he's going to win the Heisman because if you go back and look, ever since the playoff began, the only... Player, players to win without making the playoff are Caleb Williams and Lamar Jackson. We know Lamar broke virtually every record that exists mm-hmm. in college football. It was always going to be Lamar, and Caleb was on the doorstep of the playoff. His defense just gave out in a Pac-12 yeah. title against Utah. Which,
1: May could do that. May could do the, my defense sucks, Yeah, but, could, I, but then again, so could Caleb Williams. Right,
0: and you have to be on the doorstep of mm-hmm. the playoff. Look, I think look ahead. I think they've got a really trappy game against Miami this weekend we'll see Mm -hmm. if they come out of that but my point is you go to the Pac-12 Pennix and Bo Nix are up in the favorites they play each other this weekend yeah one of them has to take a loss one of them is going to fall in the Heisman rankings the other's probably going to become the favorite Caleb Williams going to Notre Dame as an underdog and we've seen that defense play you had to survive three overtime two overtimes against Arizona three right this is a yeah three overtimes mm-hmm. against Arizona. This is a a two three loss team. Once they really start digging yeah. into the Pac twelve schedule, you'll play Washington, you'll play Utah. You got to go up to Eugene and play Oregon. They're not getting out of this season clean. They're not making the playoff, and Caleb's not going to have the historic record breaking numbers he'd need to have to win it a second time. I just think if you look at this, Dylan Gabriel not likely to take a loss until the conference title game, and could win that game, it feels like 12-1, to 1, you're getting an enormous edge on the number. Next week, he could be the second or favorite to win the award, literally by next weekend because of what the other quarterbacks
1: have against I mean, we're them. We're going to see... Probably multiple five touchdown games from this guy the rest yeah. of the way just because of what the schedule is. And
0: if you get Dylan Gabriel at 12 to 1 today and
1: next week
0: he's plus 180, and you feel like, well, hey, now I'm going to hedge with whoever won in Oregon, Washington, or whatever you want to do, you can hedge out of it however you want and have a great time. But I just, you have to bet this today. Like I'm giving you an inevitable yeah, line crash. Mm-hmm. You don't bet 12 to 1 today. By next weekend, it's gone. Dylan Gabriel's going to be either first, second, or third to win the Heisman by next weekend. You're getting an inevitable line crash, and then you can hedge out of it in whatever way you want. I just think this is a free opportunity to beat the Heisman market.
1: Right. So looking at what the odds are now, Penix is your favorite at plus 220. Caleb Williams, plus 250. Bo Nix, six 6-1. There's where you find Dylan Gabriel at 12 to 1. JJ McCarthy 17 to 1, as is Jordan Travis. Drake May 20 to 1. And then you get your first position player, your first non quarterback, uh, Brock Bowers at 25 to 1. I think everyone else, I don't see someone emerging outside of this pack here. I mean, yeah. I'm and trying the, to the talk the myself into anyone here, but I don't.
0: Uh. Like, as much as we love the Pac 12 and how fun they've been this year, they feel destined to cannibalize themselves. They're yeah. all mm-hmm. so good, like, right. and they they all play each other. They have it's. I was reading something this morning in the Big Ten. It's a round robin. It's Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. They all play each other, and whoever comes out on top is going to the playoff. In the Pac-12, it's not around Robin. It's not just USC, Washington, and Oregon. There's also Oregon State that's going to play spoiler at some point with that defense and with the way their offense is starting to click. There's Utah with Kyle Whittingham, who's seemingly been left for dead after uh, the loss that they took at Oregon State, but they're getting their starting quarterback back, and they have the best defense in the conference. Like I just think that conference is destined to cannibalize itself and if you're looking for someone to win the Heisman you got a team that might go 12 and 0 in the Big 12 with a quarterback who's going to have like five touchdown games the rest of the year. Yeah. I'm
1: all in. You're right. Now, here's my looming question out of the Red River is did is the Pac or is the Big 12 somehow going to fuck itself because of this? Because these two teams inevitably meet again back yeah. in, in December uh for the Big 12 championship. But could did that game maybe screw things up here? I think we're, for, for playoff implications of the Big Twelve getting in.
0: I think we're in the same position we were always in. I think the winner, well, because I didn't have the Big Twelve in my original playoff, but I think as we move forward and you get vi- five and O Texas, five and O Oklahoma, feels kind of likely one of those two is going to make it. I don't think either of them take a loss the rest of the way mm-hmm. until the Big Twelve title. So to me, it's basically if the Pac Twelve is going to cannibalize itself. The winner of that game is going to the playoff.
1: If the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself.
0: Like, I don't see USC escaping. I don't see USC escaping. I think Washington's going to be due for maybe this weekend. We have to talk about our little challenge bet that's coming up. Mm -hmm. Washington, Oregon this weekend, one of the two probably gets seen out of the playoff mix, barring, like, facing the opponent in a Pac-12 title game, which... I don't think can happen. They still have divisions, right? North and South. I believe so. So one of them sees them their way out no, of the it's, mix. it's straight now. Well, okay. So if Washington and Oregon play again in the Pac-12 title, then you have an opportunity where you don't cannibalize yourself. If both teams win out, then they both have horrible schedules because the Pac-12 is great.
1: That's the thing is, all right, so we talked about how Oklahoma and and Texas is a preview of the, the Big 12 championship this weekend, Washington, Oregon could be a preview of the Pac-12 championship, and if we have the same situation play out in both conferences, you have to take the Pac-12. Agree. If the if it comes down to now, it's going to be tougher to play out in the Pac-12 than it is the Big 12. But right. you have to take the Pac-12.
0: If it comes down to 10 and one, Washington playing 11 and 0 Oregon in a Pac-12 title game, mm-hmm. the winner goes to the playoff. That's just, that would be how that works. Or vice versa. However you want to play out this weekend's game, the winner of, but my problem is the the conference is so great and there are so many good defenses. Like UCLA, the defense is a beast. Oregon State's got a great defense. Washington's got this special offense, but Oregon also has a special offense and a great defense. Utah's defense is incredible. USC has no defense, but their offense might be the best in the country. So it's like Every week, you're going to play somebody who's really good.
1: And I didn't even mention Wazoo. Right, yeah. And that they're kind of like the wild card in this entire picture here because they've got the quarterback who's emerged in Cameron Ward to be one of the top guys. You yep. didn't see that coming at the beginning of the year. And he's now worked his way into NFL draft conversations. And Washington State, even though they lost this past weekend, like they're still a viable threat. That's not someone who teams in the Pac-12 want to face, even though at the beginning of the year, people thought, uh, not a gimme in the Pac-12, but I'd rather face them than maybe a team like USC or Utah. Right. But maybe that's not as much the case anymore.
0: At the start of this conversation, you mentioned this being like one of the most fun college football seasons. I think it's also one of the most fascinating because it feels like last year was a chaos year and that teams we didn't expect were jumping to the top. Mm-hmm. You had TCU make the playoff. There were just a lot of surprising losses, kind of funky results this year. It's not really chaos. It's just, and I think it's, again, we've talked about the NIL and the transfer portal leveling the field for the top of the, the top programs. I think Georgia's a little closer to the to the top of the pack, and I mean that like moving down. They're mm-hmm. not quite
1: as elite as they right. have They're been. They're not in their own tier anymore.
0: But the rest of the group has moved up significantly. Mm-hmm. Like the Pac-12 has made a jump. Some of the Big Ten teams, Michigan, it seems closer to Georgia than they have in the past. Texas and Oklahoma, certainly. Like, to me, this is fascinating because... There's no really elite team, but there's like six or seven that you could tell me would finish the season 12-0, and 0, and I would not be surprised at that. I think your idea of a two-loss playoff team's gone. Well, I think we're going to get multiple
1: undefeated. I think we're getting to a point now, though, where, okay, the conference season is really starting to kick into gear now. Like, we're going to start to see some of these teams yeah. play each other. and This th- is when even things though there's, get good. Even though there's uh, quite a few undefeateds left, I think we've still got like 12 or so undefeateds left. There's still, I mean, a lot of them just by virtue of you have to play each other, you're going to see the list really start to trim itself.
0: I also want to do a PSA as we get into conference season. I know we do this podcast, ESPN Chicago, like locally. Mm -hmm. If you're a Chicago college football fan, I imagine more likely than not you are tied to a Big Ten school. Mm -hmm. Do yourself a favor. Don't watch the fucking Big Ten. To, like, turn the TV off. If you're tuning in, unless you're watching your favorite school, which also happens to be either Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State, mm-hmm. don't bother. Like, I'm a, state, I'm a Michigan State guy. I'm not going to watch. I don't care. The, the, they fired the yeah. coach. The team's terrible. If you're an Iowa fan, what are you playing for? Your quarterback is dead. Mm-hmm. You can't beat – you couldn't – like, you, you beat Purdue. Congrats. Purdue might be the worst team in America. You're not beating Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a 10
1: point favorite this weekend. Like, what are you doing? Wisconsin's also a team that might be finding its step, too.
0: Wisconsin, if you're a Wisconsin fan and you want to tune in, I, I'm for it. Just know you're going to watch some awful football games. They get Ohio
1: State this year, don't they? Uh, I'd I, have to look, but yeah. They might. I think they get Ohio State, uh, yeah, in a couple weeks. They go to Camp Randall. That could be, oh boy, that could actually be interesting. Two the weeks fact from that, Saturday. It's,
0: that it's in Camp Randall. I'm into that. But right otherwise, out,
1: right out of the war against Penn State.
0: So if you're a Wisconsin fan, you're into that game. I get it. And Wisconsin likely going to win the Big Ten West. You'll be playing in the Big Ten title game. But really, what are you playing for? To mm-hmm. go to Indy and get slaughtered by one of the round robin teams in Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State? Until the final three weeks of the season when those games happen, obviously Ohio State, Penn State comes up quicker. Don't bother. The other conferences are way more entertaining. Yes, the, I'm, I'm right there with you. The yeah. Pac-12 in particular, spend your time there. And I know nobody gets Pac-12 Network, and it sucks, because last week you had the the uh, UCLA game was on Pac-12. Mm-hmm. You had the uh, Colorado, Colorado game was, was on, on Pac-12. Pac-12. It stinks, but make do. Find ways to watch it, because it's better than whatever shit you're going to get peddled in the Big Ten.
1: Yes. You can't I, watch Purdue. I'm right there with you. Yeah.
0: Purdue and Illinois. Is Bielema going to get fired? No, because are aren't they still
1: paying Lovey? They are they still be. paying Lovey? Because uh, I don't think they care enough about football to to try to reverse course there. I mean, Illinois is awful. How about Maryland? Oh, we had that game right. We had that right, and that's the thing that pisses me off. I, again, it goes down as not just a Maryland loss, but also an Ohio State cover. But the Terps were in that game, in control of that first half. I mean, the, the pick six from Talia Tungavailoa kind of killed probably the prospect of them winning. But I didn't think it was going to get so far out of hand where you lose the game by over 20.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, if you're holding Maryland plus 17 or 18 or 19, that's a brutal loss. Yeah. There's some bad beats. Yeah. I mean, Mizu. <sighs> Dude,
1: you're... I got taken out by the fucking Grim Reaper this week. I, I, I went. I had Mizzou. Plus the five and a half, I had Maryland plus the 19 and a half, and I had the under in the USC Arizona game. What a way to go! I mean, and you're you're and getting dinged in all of the, the different time frames too.
0: The under in the USC game was never a loser. You were winning for 59 minutes and 50 seconds, and then Fuck that absolutely I was winning for over 60 minutes of that game. I mean, it was. That shit is unacceptable. I had under 33 and a half. It's. 25. In the second half. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. second half, and it's 25, and I'm like, well, USC's lining up for a field goal inside the five. There's no way that nine can happen here. It's impossible. And then they missed the chip shot, and uh, yeah, I'll go fuck myself. So that, like, this was a horrible weekend. The Mizzou loss, if you're holding Mizzou, getting five and a half at home, again, they're covering in that game for 59 minutes and 50 seconds. They're leading for almost all of it, and then Basically, the final play: Brady Cook throws a horrible interception, and this asshole corner at LSU touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Can any defensive back in America be for the people? This happened with Oregon well, and Texas. Okay, Tech.
1: okay, no, 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 no. Be because, for the people. No, 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 no. no. The pe- his people is LSU fans Fuck that them. are on the LSU five and a half there, Slide so he was down. for the people.
0: Don't give him the ball back. Just go down and end the game. You think he didn't net I'm a couple? I'm tired of it.
1: You think that some of those boosters didn't hook him up with a couple NIL deals this week? Twice this season, Tyler, I had
0: Texas Tech to cover against Oregon. Six that and a half brutal. points. Oregon pick six with 50 seconds left to blow the cover that was winning all game. And then I get Mizu plus five and a half at home against LSU, covering the entire your game pick six no slide down we're just going to score here and you blow the cover
1: twice this year it's unbelievable all right let's move along here um the stupidest coaching decision i think i have ever seen i think it's the stupidest coaching decision in sports history i don't get this you know, Miami was a sneaky, fun team this year. They were undefeated going into this game against Georgia Tech. They were rising up the rankings a little bit, all leading into a big game against UNC this week. And Mario Cristobal takes all the goodwill and all the rebuild that this Miami program has gone through and punted it to outer space. I, I, I don't understand this. So for those who don't know... 33 seconds left in the game. You can kneel it out. Georgia Tech has zero timeouts. Georgia Tech on the other side believes that they are kneeling it out. And what do you do? You run the football with 33 seconds left. No timeouts on the other side. Ball gets stripped out. Georgia Tech recovers and goes 74 yards the other way in 25 seconds. And Miami loses the football game.
0: Yeah, It's the most reprehensible coaching decision I have ever seen in my life watching any sport it's i don't even know what the comparable is and then people keep bringing up well he did this before when he was at oregon because there was the stanford game when oregon had a 3 point lead at least in that situation the stanford had a timeout and you were on second down like you had to get the first down to end the game or you're punting the ball back with 10 seconds like at least i can sp- explain that one away this one the game no, the is game literally is over, over.
1: Mm-hmm. It's second down. There's 33 seconds. And you know what? They if it's have not, no timeouts. If it's not a one possession game at the time, whatever. I'm not mad. Hey, who it's, cares? Not what, it's not what I would do, but i like It would be the bad not beat mad. of
0: the century if it ruined a spread,
1: but you lost a game that was ended. It's, it is it is one of the most inexcusable things I've seen in sports. There's, and Mario Cristobal, you can say all you want. We should have kneeled it out then you should have done it like like th- there's no way that that game could have ended that way it's like that is a turn the tv flip to the other game that's what well, that's what stage of the game it was in it's like if you had a 2 point
0: lead in a basketball game and the other team inexplicably allows you to dribble out the clock and you decide with 15 seconds left you're going to heave a 3 yeah it's nuts there's no explanation for what he did. That being said, can I sell you on a look ahead? Miami. No, this
1: team's dead. You don't, there's no coming back from this. Miami plus four at you, North no, Carolina. this week. No, weekend. no. Cause here's the thing about North Carolina. They've been in a few of these sort of games where it's like, Ooh, sneaky team on the other side could catch North Carolina. No, North Carolina has gone through and curb stomped all of these teams along the way, except for app state.
0: Let me give you the sales pitch and I'll let the people decide if they're interested. North Carolina, kind of a suspect secondary. We know Miami can operate in an air raid. They've done it. They did it against Texas A&M when they beat Texas A&M at Hard Rock. They can operate in an offense where they'll just air it out with Tyler Van Dyke. We've seen them do it. They were 19-point favorites against Georgia Tech. They outgained Georgia Tech by 200 yards. They ran 30 more plays. They just had a minus-three turnover differential and kind of a fluky loss. And I think you can explain it with... One, the worst coaching decision in the history of college sports, and two, all sports. You were probably looking ahead to North Carolina because Georgia Tech's a nothing. You just figured nineteen point favorite. We're going to blow this team off the map, and then we can get ready for North Carolina. That's the game. That's and it, here's the thing. It still is. Miami can still win the ACC if they beat North Carolina on Saturday. I think Mario Cristobal did something good in that he came out and just said straight up. On me, my fault, I fucked up. Full accountability, that's my bad. Not on the players, not on anybody else. That's just 100% on me. Now you move forward, you've got players who still want to win an ACC, still want a shot at a conference title. You had a look a headline that was UNC minus one, you're basically telling me that because Miami had two lost fumbles and a couple fluky interceptions and a weird loss with Georgia Tech off a horrible coaching decision, I'm getting a
1: three-point discount? Shane, I'll take it every time. There's no coming back from that game. There is none. That uh, was the season there. I'm telling that you. Was,
0: you can't is, lose that game. This you're is the, the an, Johnny public trap you're of, the, in the, of a lifetime.
1: North Carolina's been the public trap every week. And they've covered every week.
0: Eventually, it'll catch up to
1: them. A- and, like, l- you look at this Miami schedule. You're in an 0-1 hole right now in an ACC that's playing pretty good football at the moment. Yeah, but if you get to 1-1, and then you catch it like Duke but is we'll get, dead. Okay, you're at UNC, you're at Florida State, and you host Louisville. How is this team going to operate against a team that runs the ball as well as Louisville does right now? Win, ga- I, I, win games. Like Texas win was, games? Those are three tough games right there. And you've got – I didn't even bring up Clemson in that The Florida,
0: The Florida State game is probably a little worrisome. But, again, like Miami on paper is as talented as any of these teams. They're probably the better team on paper than North Carolina. The at headlines one at home. Like that, you, they're telling you Miami's the better team and you're giving me four bon- three bonus points because Cristobal lost his mind. I understand. I'm swallowing going in. Cristobal could fuck me in this spot. I know 100%. But I feel like I'm getting
1: a discount on the better team. I think North Carolina is going to be the team that's playing more with their feet to the fire in this game. Because they realize, this is a North Carolina team that thinks that they can go to the playoff. Because the path is there that, that for has- them.
0: Hasn't that been the story like the
1: past couple years? But you, and then things kind of fall apart. Right, but you gotta remember, Mac Brown is starting to get his recruiting classes into the stage where these guys are now juniors and seniors, and you're starting to work with a little more experience. The UNC game's at night, too,
0: isn't it? Uh, UNC Miami. ABC,
1: it's the primetime game, yeah.
0: Here's the thing Mac Brown at night the past few years, not
1: great. Remember? Mac Brown left a game when he was. Calling games, it was uh it was a Syracuse game. I'm trying to remember who they were playing, but Mac Brown. It may have been the, it was no, it was the Syracuse Louisville game where Lamar Jackson did the hurdle, the famous hurdle, and Mac Brown left early because the game was taking too long. Yeah. He had a flight. Well, and you know,
0: little he's an older gentleman, get a little sleepy. The night games for North Carolina have not been a great spot. Well, Mac Brown decision making goes out the window. Mario
1: Cristobal showed that age is no factor <laughs> well, when true. it comes to sleepiness in night games. The coaching mismatch might just be like a you know a wash, wash on this one, and then we're down to yeah okay. Um, but not like either I, way, I exciting think, game. Yes, exciting game, no doubt. This, this is a great weekend slate that we've got too. This is one of the better ones that we've had all year coming up. But um, okay, so that's the Mario Cristobal stuff there. I want to get into Georgia as well because Georgia goes out, beats the brakes off of Kentucky, and has Georgia, because of that result, now changed your mind about who the number one team is? Have have they put themselves into, yes, it was always us all along. We are the number one team. Yeah.
0: Georgia, to me, is firmly number one. Like, I had... I put the money on Georgia minus 14 and a half in the game. I felt like this was the spot where... Look, everybody's telling you how pretty you aren't. And maybe it's time you lock in and you just kill somebody. And Kentucky's coming to town and everybody's telling them how cute they are. And they took Kentucky's head off. Mm -hmm. That was a murder at Athens. One of the best
1: games Carson Beck's played, too.
0: To me, that's it's a little bit like when Michigan goes to Nebraska and just throttles them in Lincoln, and then you go back on the road to Minnesota and you throttle Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about the non-conference hiccups anymore. You're showing me you are who we thought you were. I'm good with it. Georgia then go, hosts Kentucky, a ranked opponent, and cuts their head off, fifty-one to thirteen. I'm, Georgia's the number one team in America. I and you know what. Brock Bowers might be the best player in America.
1: Yeah, I, I can get behind you on that because he what he does at the tight end position, that was always kind of my pie-in-the-sky dream for the the Bears with the two first-round picks for this upcoming draft, was if Fields worked out and you didn't have the first overall pick and, and Caleb Williams was off the table here in the discussion, Brock Bowers was the guy I wanted because you look at these high-operating offenses now, it's the difference-making tight end, and Brock Bowers is exactly that and then some. But... I'm still with Michigan as the number 1 team in the country. I can't look past all of the hiccups because you've had some conference hiccups, too. You had Georgia, South, Carolina South Carolina and Auburn. And Auburn, like those were games that were you trailed by double digits in and I can't look past that quite. I'm not going to sacrifice your entire body of work over one game. It was a super impressive performance by Georgia. No doubt about that. They kicked the living hell out of Kentucky. But Michigan's done that Every single game so far.
0: My issue, and it's funny because the SEC conference schedule is shorter, Georgia's actually playing people. Like, the Big Ten is so dumpster trash that, like, you're supposed to be beating the breaks off of Nebraska and Minnesota. And I know Georgia is supposed to be doing that to Auburn, to Auburn, and, Auburn and South, and South Carolina. Carolina. But then when you do it to Kentucky and kind of remind everybody who you are, I'm willing to go, okay, we thought that was the best team in the country. They just proved it. To me, that it, I would have the number one and Texas. Like going into last week, I thought Texas was the best team in the country and could have been ranked number one. I gave you Michigan as my number one ranked team, but Georgia takes the reins back. Like Texas losing to Oklahoma in the
1: Cotton Bowl, yeah, that that, yeah, no doubt about that. Like Texas, I, I do actually, I meant to ask you this out of our conversation with the Red River rivalry. Like, where, how do you look at Texas? Now? I know we're both kind of in agreement, like. That's a team that is still going to go undefeated the rest of the way, and then whatever happens in the Big yeah. Twelve championship happens. But what's your overall outlook moving forward with Texas? Because I, I still think—I th- mean, that's a game that Texas had, and and you thought that on the heels of what their defense has done all season long, they could at least force a field goal, and send that game to overtime, and then you're playing 25-yard fields there.
0: It wasn't Sark's best day. You get a little bit back down on Sark again. Uh, But I still think, look, Texas is so talented. They run the ball so well. I really like Quinn Ewers. I know he had a couple bad plays in the first half. The interception early was horrible. But honestly, you go back and watch that game a second time, I thought Quinn Ewers was awesome. Like, awesome and Dylan Gabriel was really good. I think Dylan Gabriel's a better Heisman candidate. I think Quinn Ewers is still a top 3 pro, pro- prospect. Like to me, Texas and Oklahoma are kind of the same and that they're both in the 5 to 7 range and the winner can boost themselves into the top 4.
1: How about this? I've got the the playoff odds. Odds to make the playoff here. Texas currently at +185. They are Behind Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma. They are ahead of Oregon, Washington, Penn State, USC.
0: Well, if you want to look at it like in terms of what this market will look like at the end of the year and not what it looks like today, you can lop off one of Michigan and Ohio State because they are going to play each other and eliminate the other. So like I kind of go they're really only behind Georgia and Florida State. Maybe you just bet Texas. I don't know that plus 185 is a great number, but you're going to also get Oklahoma likely as a dog in the Big 12 title. You could bet Texas to make the playoff today. You essentially
1: have Texas plus 185 in the Big Big 12 championship.
0: And the Big 12 championship game, if they play each other, Texas is... I mean, what were they? They were a six point, five and a half point favorite. I think it closed. Yeah, I think to it closed
1: five or four. Yeah, yeah, like four, four and a half.
0: Yeah. Neutral site again. Like it's the same game. You're going to get Texas as a four point favorite again. You can basically get them one eighty five in that game today. And then when you get there, if you don't feel great about it at the end, just bet Oklahoma one eighty five in the game. Yeah, like you, and then it's a win win to me. That's again looking at what's going to happen instead of what has happened or what's happening right now. That's kind of how you get some free
1: money in these uh, futures odds. Yeah. Um, One other little side note uh, from Georgia. And and my overall take is, like, I don't think Georgia, like, obviously a fantastic win for Georgia. They haven't changed my mind on who the number one team in the country is, but they've narrowed the field. And part of that is because Texas lost. What's the, like,
0: break down the tiers. If you had to go the tier one, these two teams, these three teams, however many it is, the teams that. Could, should, will,
1: expect to win a national title? Tier one, I think Georgia and Michigan alone. Okay. And I think Florida State is knocking on the door, but they spearhead my tier two. Yep. They're in a group with Ohio State, Oklahoma, and then Washington and Oregon right now. And then the next tier down, I would go Oklahoma, Penn State, Texas. Even though, like... Even though Oklahoma beat Texas, I'm not putting them so far ahead of Texas in the grand scheme of things. Because you're going to have to do it again if you're really going to prove it.
0: I'm actually higher on Penn State than Ohio State. Ohio State's got to put together four quarters. Like, they, I know they came back and won and ended up blowing out Maryland, but they looked mm-hmm. like shit in the first half. They did, I, they but looked like, horrible. both you and I know that's a good Maryland team. Yeah, of course. But again, like Ohio State, as a 17-point favorite, you can't look like shit for half that game. Like, I just... Penn State, to me, has played four quarters in every game that they've played. They don't look super flashy uh, on the score. They didn't play four quarters against Northwestern. No, they played three, and the final two were fucking crazy. Like, that that was a massacre in the second half. I can get past that. You go on the road. You think everything's going to be easy. It's a silent environment, one of the weirder ones, but you end up covering a big number. You blow them off the field in the second half. I just think Penn State's defense is so good, and Ohio State's offense looks so suspect.
1: Again, none of this really matters because mm-hmm. they'll play each other, and they'll tell us what I we need to know. Part of it too is there is way more pressure on Penn State than there is Ohio State and Michigan, and it's not for. Did a- you see James Franklin this weekend? That was hilarious when when he blew up the reporter. Is that what you're talking about? No, what he said about the uh, scheduling. No, I did not see that. He was
0: asked why is the uh, like basically the question was why does your non-conference schedule suck. Mm -hmm. And his answer was there's a team in this conference that's buying out of contracts. We got to do everything we can to be undefeated. Yeah. Like double middle fingers directly to Jim Harbaugh. I was like, that's, that's fantastic. So
1: could I just, this is total sidebar. I've got another coach talking shit that I want to get to. Kudos
0: James Franklin. Now we know why he's going for style points and blood in every
1: game. Right. That's a guy who knows the number every single game. And we love it. We love it. Um, But no, I think there's way more pressure on Penn State in this little three-team round robin of Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. There's way more pressure on Penn State than any of the other two teams there because the other two teams have a legacy built within the playoff already. They will be given the benefit of the doubt. For better or for worse, it's just the way it's going to work. They will be given the benefit of the doubt if things get dicey. And they will win any sort of tiebreaker there. Penn State knows they have to do more. And... To your point, that's why they've gone out and tried to win with style points as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, two quick thoughts, and then we'll wrap this. Mm-hmm. Louisville-Notre Dame. I've I have got a question that. about, can Louisville win the ACC? There was some talk preseason. We talked about it in the ACC preview. Yeah. This Louisville team's not some sleepy thing. They're kind of good, and now they're showing, boy, they might be really good. They blasted Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, they,
1: they dominated that game. I, I've been very impressed with how they've run the ball all year long. All year long. Jawar Jordan's been fantastic for them. And he's just sort of carved up defenses left and right. And that is a damn good Notre Dame defense that he ran for almost 150 yards against. Um, But what I'm worried about is this. Final two minutes, let's say they're playing Clemson. All right, Final two minutes, can Jack Plummer lead a drive? Is he going to be able to go? Because you're not going to be able to run the ball every single time. Especially in two-minute situations, very difficult to run the football. Are you going to be able to go out there and win a, win a game because of your quarterback leading a drive at the end? That I
0: think that remains to be seen. They have to get in those situations. Like the NC State they, game they was a it total against, slog. did uh, against Georgia Tech early on. Yeah, but, but it's Georgia Tech. The week, opening week. We might
1: Again, it's a team, like, can they make the playoff? I don't know. I really don't know. You know what Louisville reminds me of? And it's something that, that's near to It, it reminds me of... When my senior year of Syrac- at Syracuse, that Syracuse team, like it just had an electric offense and it had these little big, little victories here and there. And like, sure, you're hovering in the playoff conversation, but you're never a true contender in the playoff conversation. You look at their schedule the rest of the way too. It's nothing really to write home about. And, I mean, you want to talk about well, one of the big benefactors of this new uh, ACC in terms of, you don't play everyone in your divisions. The breakaway from the divisions, right. they don't play Clemson. They don't play Florida State. In years prior, they would have had to play both. Um, I want to pull the curtain back
0: just briefly. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> We've got people waiting to do Coach Eberflus, and I know you've got to get on a remote. So I want to get a last-minute thought out. Got it. USC fucking sucks. That's it. that's it. Caleb struggled a lot against Arizona. I think Caleb's great. I think the offense is great. That defense is absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley, Fire Alex Grinch, I've
1: been saying it for weeks. They stink. They are not a playoff team. Yeah, I, the, the bubble's going to pop at some point. I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt against Colorado because you were blowing them out most of that game, and you just let your hand they, off the rope, but Arizona, I think might, that's awful.
0: You might win at Notre Dame this weekend because Notre Dame's season is over, but mm-hmm. Boy, they, they stink
1: on defense. They're horrible. My last thought here, Mark Stoops. Did you see the comments on his radio show this week? Yes. Of talking about Georgia buying players and basically him peddling out to the boosters saying, hey, we need more money. That's pathetic. Does he think
0: there's a safe under the, like, does, is Fort Knox under the University of Kentucky? If you're a they Kentu- can just
1: open the safe and give him money? If, and if you're a Kentucky booster, you're giving that money to Calipari. Like, that's the way it is. I'm sorry. I, I get you're in the SEC for football. It's going to Cal. It's Because true. Cal's pissed off right now, and he doesn't like Mark Stoops. And the
0: other thing, if you're Mark Stoops, go fucking fundraise. That's your job. Your job
1: is to go find the money. Mm-hmm. All right. Stop crying about it. That's going to do it for us here on Chicago's College Tailgate, all presented to you by Twin Peaks. We will be back with you Saturday, 9 to 11 a.m., previewing an epic slate of college football. So we will be with you then. Can't wait to talk to you, and we'll talk to you Saturday.